What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Emily Wheelwright on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Emily, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. All right. Thanks, Shelly. Um, so I'll start where a lot of people do, which is uh, where my husband and I met. Um, we met in college back in 2012. Um, so we were just kind of young kids at that point. Um, and then we kind of fast forward and got married in September. September of 2016. Um, And when we got married, we were pretty kind of set in stone that we were going to wait exactly five years before we started having kids. Um, We even like made bets at our wedding because we were just so set in stone that we wanted to wait five years. Now looking back, I'm not really sure why. I think we just wanted to put a time limit on it to kind of stop anybody's questions from coming. But after about two and a half years of being married, we decided that we were ready. It kind of happened out of the blue, but we were like, you know what? I want to be a mom. He wants to be a dad. And we were just, we were ready. And it was super clear at that point. Um, So we started trying in February of 2019, um, but we didn't really get super serious about trying until um, like June or July. Um, I think after a few months had passed, I started kind of becoming obsessive like so many of us do. Um, And I just was really waiting for that time. Um, So then fast forward to September of 2019, um, I found out I was pregnant. I actually found out on September 4th, which is my husband and I's wedding anniversary. So it was our three-year wedding anniversary and we were both just so excited. I mean, it was like, like I kind of couldn't believe it, but I was so excited to find out that we were pregnant and we were expecting. So, and especially on our anniversary, it just felt like such a gift. Um, from the beginning, I'm not really sure why, but I was really nervous about miscarriage. Um, I, I work with pregnant moms and their babies. Um, and I think maybe just from kind of hearing some other stories, maybe that's what brought up my nerves. But I was, I was really kind of panicked for a while. Um, I kept going on and reading the statistics of once you hear a heartbeat or see the heartbeat, what the chances are of miscarriage. And I, I was really kind of bogged down by that for the first few weeks. Um, and my husband is really he's really a logical person. I'm more emotional. So he just kept saying like, I don't know why you're worrying about that. Just like we, this is our time to be excited. So we, um, I kind of decided to take a leap of faith and to just try to quit worrying. And a lot of that went away once I started telling people. So we told our families and our best friends and everyone was so excited. I mean, our baby was met with so much love and celebration from the second anybody knew about him, which is such a beautiful memory that I have. Um, 
And then we went to our first ultrasound and um, we saw the heartbeat. They said it was a heartbeat of 167. Um, I'll never forget that day. It was very, very surreal and very exciting. Um, my husband and I walked out just like, oh my gosh, I can't actually believe it. There's like a baby in there. And I know that sounds so silly, but we just were sort of in disbelief. Um, the weeks progressed. I had really normal pregnancy symptoms. I was really, really nauseous, um, pretty tired, but just kind of those normal pregnancy symptoms. Um, and then I went in for my second, second appointment and it was a great appointment. They found the heartbeat right away on the Doppler. And, um, I just remember so clearly my doctor saying to me, you are perfectly healthy. You're perfectly normal. I wouldn't change a single thing about your pregnancy or what you're doing. And we walked out of there truly feeling like on top of the world because I knew once you heard the heartbeat, the chances are so low of miscarrying. So I felt really confident at that point and really excited to kind of share our news with the world. Um, and at that point I was 12 weeks, four days. So um, we just kind of went on. I mean, went on with our lives. We're so excited. We started planning the nursery. Um, we started talking about names. We were just so excited and we weren't going to find out what we were having until our baby was born. So we just kind of kept wondering if our baby was a boy or a girl. Um, kind of fast forward to the 15 week mark. Um, I bled a little bit, but not much. And when I called the doctor, they were like, you know, if it goes down, then within the next 24 hours, like goes away completely, then you're totally fine. Like we're not worried. So I, it did, it went away super fast. Um, and I was kind of nervous at that point, but I also was just like, we heard the heartbeat a few weeks ago. I feel super confident. Um, so we went, um, my family lives a little bit further away. I live in Cincinnati and my family lives in Kansas. So we went home to Kansas for Thanksgiving and it was one of the most cherished memories I'll, I'll keep with our first baby. Um, he was really, really celebrated. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, he had a place at the dinner table. Um, my family was just overjoyed and um, our baby wasn't going to be the first grandbaby, but he, everybody just celebrated this pregnancy. And my dad especially was so excited. He was like, just wanting to tell everybody in the world that I was pregnant. Um, and we went around the dinner table and everybody, my entire family, sister, and we're just saying how excited they were for our baby. So um, I say that because that was Thanksgiving weekend. And when I got back on Monday, um, I woke up, I had had a little bit of brown spotting, um, but not much. And I, of course, did what everybody does. And I Googled the hell out of it. And I was like, okay, it looks pretty normal. It's old blood. And I called the doctor and she was like, hey, that's pretty normal. But I have um, negative blood. So she was like, we want you to come in just to make sure, just with your blood and to make sure the placenta is okay. Um, but, you know, they didn't seem very concerned. Um, 
I did have quite a bit of anxiety because I just kept thinking like, oh my gosh, if something's wrong with the placenta, like I had anxiety about what it could be, but never thinking that um, it would mean that our baby was gone. So um, that Monday we went into the doctor and thank God I called my husband and I told him I was feeling pretty anxious and he was like, all right, I'll leave work and I'll meet you there, which in hindsight, I'm extremely grateful that he came because I think I was like, it's all right. I'm just like, I'm just freaking out. You don't need to come. And he was like, well, I'll just, I'll come. So we went in and when I got there, they're like, we're just going to do an ultrasound, um, super quick. So I laid on the table and, um, I kind of knew instantly because I could see that our baby wasn't moving. And, but this really big piece of denial inside of me was, I think, protecting my heart. And I was just saying, no, like, I probably got the wrong view of it. They probably paused it. Maybe there's a function I don't know about. I mean, in hindsight, some of this stuff sounds so silly to think that in the moment, but I think you're just clinging on to any ounce of hope that you have. Um, and my husband, as I mentioned, is not the emotional one in the relationship in our marriage, but he, um, he got kind of quiet and I could tell he was nervous. And I just, as soon as the ultrasound tech left the room, I said, I have such a bad feeling. And right before she left the room, at this point, I would have been 16 and a half weeks. She said, I'm going to let the doctor come back in, but your baby's hip is measuring 12 and a half weeks and just left it at that. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, first of all, why would you just leave just saying that to leave us to worry? Um, I kind of wish she would have either not said it or maybe kind of told us more because we just were so confused. Um, so I went back into the doctor's room and um, my doctor came in and she's, she's so sweet. And I could kind of tell from the second she walked in because I smiled at her and she, she didn't smile back. And she said, I'm so sorry, but it looks like you had a miscarriage. I'm sorry. (laughs) So I just instantly started sobbing. I really couldn't believe it because we had heard the heartbeat and I just depended so heavily on that. So I sobbed and my husband was so upset and just holding me and I really couldn't calm down because I just, I felt so, so broken in that moment. And I felt like I had heard about miscarriage but I felt like I'm 16 and a half weeks like this doesn't happen and I know now that it does but I just I felt like it was so far along to to hear this news so everything went kind of fast because she told us that our baby was measuring closer to 12 weeks in six days so we think that our baby passed away 
probably a few days after we heard the heartbeat, which is definitely hard to hear. Um, I know other women have talked about it, that that feeling of knowing that your baby was passed inside of you. And I felt really awful that I didn't know and I wasn't connected or in tune to know that. Um, I just had so much blame. Sorry to interrupt today's episode, but we are sponsored by Hello Eden this week. Hello Eden is an all-in-one nutritional supplement for women designed to support hormone balance and optimize reproductive function. Eden's formula was created to nourish all aspects of women's reproductive health. Your reproductive system and hormones are intrinsically linked, and when one of your hormones is out of balance, it creates a ripple effect that can upset the entire system. This can result in a problematic and often painful PMS symptoms, irregular periods, and fertility issues. There are many reasons why a woman's hormones health may be less than ideal, but nutrient deficiencies are one major factor. That's where Eden comes in. It provides a nutritional foundation that allows your hormones to flourish. The company was created by Katie Fitzgerald, who as a clinical nutritionist wanted to provide her own body the right nutrition to support healthy reproductive function and in turn regulate her cycles to help with her own fertility journey. Eden is designed to support you, whether you are trying to regulate your cycle, counterbalance the side effects of the pill, or assist to trying to conceive. For the listeners of this podcast, we have a specific discount code to share with you guys for 15% off using LAMFAM15, L-A-M-F-A-M-15. Thank you so much, Hello Eden, for sponsoring this week's episode, and thank you to all our listeners to supporting our sponsors as it helps us to continue to provide this platform for us all. Now let's get back to today's episode. Um, so the next day, I had to go in for a DNC just because it had been a couple of weeks, and they wanted to make sure we did it immediately. Um, and I do remember the night before my DNC, I couldn't sleep and I just Googled the crap out of everything. I mean, I remember Googling for at least an hour, like trying to find a story about a baby who like it was misdiagnosed and maybe our baby was still alive. I just, I think was in so much denial, which is kind of hard to remember that state of being in denial. Um, so when we got home from the doctors that Monday, I think one of the hardest parts was having to tell everybody, um, I called my mom and I just kind of told her, but then I hung up pretty quickly because I was just so sad. Um, and I texted other people mainly because I didn't want anybody asking me how the baby was and having to respond to that question. So I, um, I went in for the procedure for my DNC on Tuesday morning. Um, and it is, it's a really painful day to look back on because I remember walking into the hospital and being at the same hospital that we should be welcoming our baby into. So it was it was a hard morning. Um 
you know, I don't know if a lot of people talk about this, but the experience of a DNC, I think, can be really traumatic in a lot of ways. Um, the the staff that worked were so incredible. They could not have been more caring, compassionate, um, gentle. I mean, they were just so, so freaking sweet. I mean, they just, all they wanted to do was to make sure my husband and I were comfortable. But even with all that being said, it's just, I think it's a really traumatic day. Um, I remember having the strongest feeling of, even though I knew my baby was passed, um, I wanted to keep our baby in my belly because then I knew where our baby was. And I wanted to make sure that I could always take care of it and make sure that, I don't know, that I, that I had a hold of our baby. So I, I felt really kind of crazy for feeling like that. Um, and I want to share those feelings just because I think that those are some of the things that kind of get lost um, sometimes in translation when you're talking about miscarriage. And um, I know that I just felt so alone and so crazy for thinking that. Um, so after that, the procedure, um, I felt really, really, I mean, to be kind of blunt, just really horrible when I woke up. I felt really empty. Um, I felt really just sort of broken and I didn't really want to talk to anybody. And I was just, I was really down. Um, so that was December 3rd of 2019. Um, and pretty much the whole month of December was kind of a blur. Um, I remember I, leading up to our, our follow-up visit after the DNC, I just was like, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to demand answers. And I just wanted to know something. And they did do chromosomal testing on her baby. We found out he was a boy, um, which I'm so grateful that we get, got to know his gender um, because it helps me visualize him and feel closer. Um, but we didn't get any answers when we got the chromosomal testing back, um, which was really hard because I, I depended on knowing. Um, I think sometimes I'm a little bit of a control freak. So I felt like if I knew the answers, then I could figure out what to do next. And in reality, I, I don't think that that is necessarily what I was searching for. <laughs> um, I remember kind of at the most raw phase of it, feeling really resentful of my body. Um, my body had changed and my stomach had gotten bigger and I just, it was such a painful reminder to look in the mirror those weeks after and just feel like I still sort of looked pregnant and felt like I looked pregnant, but I, I knew I wasn't. And I was just, I was just really hateful 
of my body and that's a not fun emotion to have <laughs> towards yourself um and it's not one that I normally experience so I think that it was kind of shocking um I don't know I remember feeling that I couldn't believe that life just moves on like the sun comes up the next day people move on you know like life just keeps moving in the middle of grief with it which I think is really really hard when you're the one going through grief um I felt like I'd never be okay again I couldn't imagine ever being happy um now I look back and I think I was experiencing some postpartum depression along with just extreme grief um because it did lighten up over the past few months. Um, at this point, it's only been less than three months since we lost our baby. Um, we named him Theo. So since we lost Theo, it's been about three months. Um, and that was, naming him was definitely a big step in our grief. Um, I suggest it to anybody who has gone through it. A similar experience because I just had such a big fear that our baby wouldn't be talked about and Theo wouldn't be remembered and he is so real to us and he was my first baby and I loved him before he was even you know here but I loved him for so long and I still love him and I'll you know, love him for the rest of my life. Um, so I think naming him was was a big step for us and really, really kind of helped our grieving path. Um, and then about like, I think it was maybe a month and a half after we lost Theo, I got a call from the hospital um, and they had said that Hey, like we don't we don't tell anybody this because we don't want to guarantee it or not be able to fall through but we were able to get footprints of your baby so would you like us to send them and I of course said yes and um, it's one of the most beautiful gifts I've ever received one that I wish I didn't have to have but I am so grateful to have Theo's footprints um, it's just such I don't know if proof is the right word but such a declaration that he was so real and he was our first baby and you know I'll, I don't know that I'll understand why his time was cut short but I just I love those footprints so much um so yeah still kind of in the in the middle of grief um actually recently started going to a therapist because my husband has been amazing through this. He has been just so supportive and it was really hard on him too. You know, like it was, it was a really hard experience for us to go through, but we definitely um, stuck together throughout it. But I, I realized that I can't, expect him to kind of shoulder all of my grief and help me through it. So talking to someone has definitely been helpful. 
Um, and I just, you know, something that it, it's so personal to other people, depending on your beliefs, but I talk to Theo, I talk out loud, just, you know, believing that he can hear me and believing that he can feel how loved he is, even though he's not here anymore. Um, and just kind of keeping his memory alive because, you know, he, he is our first baby. And I, like I said earlier, I'll, I'll love him forever. So he's taught me a lot in his short time. Um, and I wish that I could see him to tell him thank you for teaching me all those lessons. But I think that's, that's the hard part with grief. <laughs> Yeah. How cool that the hospital got you footprints. Yeah. That's amazing. It was such a beautiful gift. I I mean, my husband and I, I remember when we got them in the mail and we were just like, I was nervous to see them. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like 10 perfect toes, you know, I can see each one of them. Yeah. (laughs) That's incredible. So where, I mean, where are you guys at right now? Um, so we are trying, Mm -hmm. um, I think if anything, we just, I think like so many women express, like we just want to be parents so badly and we're so ready. Um, but kind of understanding that even more so than ever, that we don't have control (laughs) over Mm -hmm. anything in pregnancy, you know, like I felt like I did everything perfectly. I felt like I, I mean, I exercised, I ate as healthy as I could with the sickness and, you know, it's like letting go of some of that control. So we're just, we're trying, um, right now. And just, I think individually just trying to heal and grieve and try all at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I always ask at the end of every episode, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Um, I would say that I think a couple things like it's okay to hurt long after people think you should, or long after you think you should. Um, I remember I went through these like almost like mental tests in my head, like, okay, once I stop waking up crying every morning, then that's like one phase to get through. And then I was thinking like, okay, once I stop crying all throughout the day, then you know, then I'll be okay. And I kind of got through all those phases and then realized like, okay, I'm still not doing really well. Um, but I felt like I needed to do well because the people around me were worried and I felt like I needed to kind of show the world that I was okay. Um, but I found so much power in just telling people like, Hey, I'm not okay, but I, I will be, Mm -hmm. um, just kind of like not putting a timeline on grief because I think that miscarriage is such a silent grief in so many ways. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Um, on Instagram, I think would probably be the easiest. Um, my account is private, but if you message me, I'll, I'll message back. Um, my Instagram, I think is em. Feel right. <laughs> I think, I think it, it is too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'll link it in the description too, so it'll be okay. nice and easy for people to find you. 
Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'm never sure of my Instagram handle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate you so much for jumping on and sharing your story, especially with it being so fresh. Uh, We really appreciate it and it's going to help so many people. Yeah. Thank you, Shelly, for having this space for so many women. Absolutely. Couldn't do it without you guys. (laughs) All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Shelly. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.